0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Our lesson today is Crossing, uh, crossing the Jordan. So what we'll do, this is Old Testament material, but the most important thing, let's find ourselves in this lesson. And... We'll read uh, the text is Joshua three, eleven through thirteen, and it says, "Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes over uh, before you into Jordan. Now, therefore, take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest." that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. Now God wouldn't ask in Israel to step in the water. He said the souls of the priest. And what the priest had was the ark. So he said as soon as the priest step in front of it, then... And it's really and truly is simply put is we got to trust God that the obstacles that come before us in our life for God to change. And some of it is going to seem just as impossible as them with the ark going to the Jordan. Right. And when you read in the Bible, it says that the, the waters was time of harvest. It was overflowing. And I'm sure there was people said, Really? Of all times to be led here when it's overflowing, couldn't we have picked a time when it was low to make it a little easier? And that's just going to weigh some of the, some of the obstacles that's come our way. We're going to seem, or we're we're going to seem like we maybe we think it and not say it. Of all times for this to happen, did it have to happen this way? And it's going to seem just as impossible to get through is the priest telling them, you're gonna cross this river. And they say, you've gotta be kidding. The river's overflowing in case you hadn't noticed. But God says, I'm not gonna do it until the soles of the feet of the priest touch it. And that is, in other words, there's no coming back from that. You have literally got to step out. You have got to go out and you've got to stand here and you've got to put your foot. And, and you know the tipping point. Once you go, there's no coming back. So it ain't, it, it, it's not like you're going to say, well, I'm going to think about this, and then I'm going to go. No. You've got to go to the tipping point, and then you've got to go. And just, I'll admit, in my humanity, sometimes that's just hard. That is just hard to do. And, and all you look around is there's just water everywhere, and I've got to go through this. Well, I've been told, water, you'll drown in, But God is saying, no, you've got to trust me. You have got to do this. So he takes them up to Jordan, and the the lesson starts uh, with this. There was uh, a wedding in, in Cana, and the Lord is there, and they see this wedding happen, and the Lord goes there. It's a festive occasion, and... Canaan, uh, Cana is seven miles northeast, or excuse me, north of Nazareth, and a marriage is taking place. And Mary is, the Bible makes mention of Mary being there, but the funny thing about it, there's no mention of Joseph. So I don't know where Joseph was. I don't know if he had passed away or what. All I know is the Bible don't say where Joseph is. But here is Mary. She goes to the Lord, and John uh mm-hmm. John two and three, uh, and 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 when they uh, wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, "They have no wine." And Jesus said unto her, "Woman, what do I have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come." So it's not like that he was being rude to her. It was like you've come to me. Mine hour is not yet, but here there's going to be. If you ask me to do this, things is going to be different for me and you from now on. In other words, I can't address you as mother. It's going to be woman. And when you read in this, this time and place, other words, he was not being disrespectful. And if you want to look at it with, with some humor, here's Mary saying, I've waited 30 years. Isn't it about time? But here's, look at it from Mary's side. Here she's lived with this for thirty years, and she the Holy Ghost overshadowed her. She became pregnant. She birthed. She birthed the Lord. She lived with this Well, people were looking at her funny. Oh, you claim that you was a virgin, that you knew not a man. Now she had this on her for thirty years, and she goes to the Lord. I need you to. I need you to do this. But the Lord said, "It's just not time." I don't know if he just, at the beckoning of his mother or at the beckoning of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, he he just did it. So, other words, all I know is from that time on, their relationship was different. And so he did this, and what Jesus was gonna do is bring the realities of heaven to earth. And we know that. The Bible speaks of seven major miracles that Jesus did. And it's only fitting that the Bible says this was the beginning of the miracles. And when you look at it, go all the way back to Genesis. God creating man, put man and woman together. And it's fitting for this to be the beginning of miracles because this was at a wedding. The joining of man and woman. And this is where the Lord chose to do this. So, now, in John 2, 7, Jesus said unto her, Jesus said, excuse me, said unto them, fill the water pots with the water and fill them to the brim. Now, what I thought of this when the Lord tell them to get the water pots. Now, water is something we can't live without. It is natural to us. But for most people, when they come to the Lord, life is to the brim. We've just had it. We've had everything we can take and we'd like most people we just said I'll try the lord you don't have to be honest I'll be honest for me it, it ain't that it, it ain't that i thought the lord was so bad you just run until you're tired of running and they in in when it comes to water we can't live without water god said take the pots fill them to the brim and bring them to me so he does that so but in in when Jesus did that, he turned them into wine. And basically what we know of is what we would call common or that which we have, Jesus turned in to what we would call the new wine or the Holy Ghost. We don't have to live with the ordinary all the time. God gave us his spirit and we have that. Now, and where God did this, the beginning of miracles, the Bible says in the 11th verse, of the second chapter of John. This is one thing I want you to look at. The beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cain of Galilee and manifest forth his glory. And his disciples believed on him. This is the beginning. This is where he started manifesting his glory. And we have that glory. This is what the Lord did. He did for us. He manifest his glory. And now, as we would say, this is the beginning. Is what the Bible says, the beginning of miracles. And what do we say when we receive the Holy Ghost? This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. This is not time to go just sit on a pew and just say, well, let's just see what happens. No, no. We've been filled to the brim with life. God has given us his spirit. So now this is just the beginning. So we have this, just the beginning. Now, they went on. Going back to the lesson, they 40 long years had passed and it's just hard to believe that they had went through this, they had walked and what is really unique is they had moved and changed 42 times since this all started in their exodus from Egypt. Generations have died or a generation had died and they had just started going and they had took and just slowly died off. And just so they was having having the promised land just one step away and they chose not to. But once again, God's people stood on the purpose and and the precept of the promised land, their leader who was faithful. Joshua said, just listen to me. They assembled a new generation of Israelites. Their time had come. They were standing on the bank. It's time to cross over. So once again, they would be tested. Now, they were standing there on the bank of Jordan. Now, when you look back, Moses in all his time with the Israelites, Moses was used in the role of a prophet. The Bible speaks of Moses uh, in, in some ways, as a priest, but mainly Moses' role is as a prophet to Israel, meaning God spoke to Moses and Moses informed the people. What I'm saying is, all the time that they had, God took care of them, He gave them food, He gave them shelter, and some about uh, you can read where the pillow of cloud, some even suggest that if there was a storm or something, the cloud where it says it, it uh, formed a covering, some even believe that the cloud was a protection. It would not let nothing happen to uh, it, on, on the storms. So we have all of this. But now, standing on the bank of the Jordan, ready to cross, life was gonna change. The manna was gonna cease. The pillow of fire and cloud was going to change. And all of a sudden they had they was carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Well, the law was in the Ark of the Covenant. Other words, things was going to go to the priesthood. Other words, Israel, you're going to be held accountable. When we cross in there, all of this is going to change. You're going to be held accountable. So they go in, they're standing there. This had changed. But the the priest who healed the ark that went before them, and this is um, truly unique. God said, when you read in the Bible, the priest that bore the ark, Israel was behind. There was, uh, I, I didn't write the distance down, but they had, Israel had to stay so far. When they got up to Jordan, to the river, the priest went and went to the middle, says the water got up on a heap, and the priest went in and stopped. And the Bible said the priest stood firm. In other words, it was on dry ground. Then the Bible says that the children of Israel went through. So this time, God said, I'm going to go. I'm going to stand in the middle of Jordan, and you are going to pass through and the Bible says all of Israel passed through. So I think one thing we can gain from this, when we are at our deepest, darkest trial, and life says, where's God at? God hadn't moved. When before in the journeying Israel, the, the, the lesson was God went before them. But in this time where they would have drowned, God put the ark in the middle and said, I'm not leaving. The ark is not leaving, which represented his presence, until everyone crosses over. And that's literally what happened. All of Israel had to cross over. Now, they went, they crossed over. They going into Jordan, or excuse me, they had crossed Jordan. And then the Bible talks about, I want you to get these stones and I want you to carry them. So they got the stones. The Bible says carry them to, a, to where you're going to lodge. Where they lodged at was Gilgal. It ain't like they, they gathered up stones and then built them on the bank. That's, that's not the case. When you read of it, they carried them to Gilgal and built a memorial on Gilgal was five miles from where they crossed Jordan. So they did this, God said do this, And it's here that the Israelites kept the first Passover in the promised land where they lodged. The Bible says they lodged. So they went there, they did that. Now, and if you will read with me, I'm going to go to um, Joshua um, 4 3. In Joshua 4 3, it says, And command ye them, saying, Take out of hence into the. Out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge this night. And that was in Gilgal. Now in 4 6, that this may be a sign among you that when that when your children ask their fathers in time saying, What mean ye by these stones? So But one thing I want you to think about. God said, When your people come to you and ask what does these stones mean at the memorial, it's basically still the same way today. There was no inscription on the stones. The inscription was to be in here. You tell it. It's still that way. When somebody says, Why do you do this? Tell them. That's what God was saying. They didn't chisel nothing on them stones. It was just a focal point. So just like the Bible is for us today. So he said, take these stones, build a memorial. The only way that this is gonna get told is for you to tell it. If you let this die with you, this is just gonna be a pile of rocks to the next generation. You have got to tell it. When they're asking, tell it. Tell it to the next generation. Tell it to the next generation. He said to do this. It was in God's people to tell it. Tell it. There was no inscription. They was to tell it. Now Joshua 4, 9. Joshua set up uh, 12 stones in the midst of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the covenant stood. Of the covenant stood and they were... And they are there unto this day. Now, I can see God told them to do this. Take these stones, build a memorial. And when you get there, this is a promised land as we know it in the Bible. So they're there, they, they built this memorial. And over time, I don't know, I'm just trying to use my imagination. If, if times, somebody got dissatisfied, it got lean, whatever. You know, I can see a, the patriarch saying, gather the children, gather the family, gather everybody connected with us because we're going to take a trip. We're going back. Joshua said to do that. Build this memorial in the middle of the ark, in the middle of Jordan. They go back. He tells his, he tells his tribe, so to speak, you see right there? It is right there exactly where the priest held the ark while we all passed over completely. In other words, God hadn't left us. We need places, if not in our mind, literally places, that memorial, so to speak, that we can go to. Times got lean. I can see the patriarchs going back. God directed them to do that for a purpose. Go back to the river. Them pile of rocks sticking out served a purpose. It is there where God led us across and led us across safely. So it was there when this happened. Now, they were to tell it. I can't say that enough. It was not wrote on the stones. They was to be the voice that told this. So they was to be the voice. Now, if you will, turn with me. I want to read in Luke. Uh, let's read Luke nineteen forty. Okay, and he answered them. Okay, this is Jesus with his triumphal entry. We're talking about stones. So, and he answered them and said unto them, "I tell you that if these stones, oh wait a minute, if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out." Now, my answer to that would simply be my Old Testament answer to that. It's when here's Elijah, he's in the cave, and he's saying, you know what, God? I'm the only one left. And God is saying, wait a minute, I got 7,000 yet that hadn't bent their knee or hadn't sent praise. It said kiss, but it means who hadn't praised Baal. So I think the answer's not on the 7,000. Uh, to me, it means complete. In other words, I got a complete church that you know not of. So here's Jesus at the triumphal entry coming in and they say, if these be quiet, I got those that you know not of. So I got people that will cry out. He referred to them as stones. So in the Bible, in one other verse, I'll go to um, 1 1 Peter 2 and 5. And he said, and ye also as lively stones build up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now, we are, as the Bible says, uh, to offer this, spiritual sacrifices, to offer this. Now, he says, you are as lively stones. Now, this, what this literally means, lively stones, these were stones that was shaped and prepared for one purpose and that purpose was in the building of the temple. These wasn't used in nothing else but for temple construction to be shaped and used and now the Bible calls us what? The temple of the Holy Ghost. So God can use everyone, every personality, everyone, everyone and he says when somebody thinks How can I be used? There is a stone waiting that has your name on it. He said, you are lively stones that's gonna be used in the temple. That's why the Bible calls Jesus the chief corner stone. So as lively stones build up and we're to offer spiritual sacrifice, the fruit of our lips. So in doing this, this is not just throwed out words. He said... Shaped, here God just deals with us, peels a little bit off and just as we're studying in this lesson and there, there's gonna be situations that stand in front of us literally that we think we can't get through right. and you know what? That's just life, that's just life but God is just as, as miraculous as God taking his ark, his presence to, to the middle and stay in there to everyone crossed. That's just that's just God too. He ain't going nowhere. At the heaviest, deepest, darkest time of our life, God ain't gonna leave. He's not gonna leave us. He's gonna stay with us. And that was what's... Uh, it's truly hard to imagine. The Bible says in the beginning when, when they started this, take you out 12 men... Uh, A leader of every tribe. This, I believe, to Joshua and Caleb, what was so heartbreaking. These men was leaders in their tribe. And you got two that only says we can do it. And the other 10 is holding a grape with two hands. I don't think we can do it. How heartbreaking must that have been? Because they was influencers in their tribe, it wasn't just like somebody standing there is just, you know, I, I don't want to make it seem like nobody mattered, but they was the leader of the tribe that says, We can't do it. So here's Joshua saying, and Caleb, we can do this, but literally and totally outnumbered, but they paid a heavy price. Israel did. So they're going through it. They come back up. They come back up. It's time to go across. They did go across. But the Bible tells us that Joshua's first words to Israel was sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And the Lord did that. So he he did this. God called him into the territory. The the promised land on which he had, of which they had heard, and they had literally seen it. So they had went through it. They had went through it, and God was with them. He had never left them, and he was the one that was going to see them through it. So the promise was to sanctify yourselves, and things was going to happen, and they have now. Everything rises or falls on leadership. I mean, the leaders never want to hear that, but it does. So here are these men, these 10 spies of, of the leaders of their tribes. You know, they're not believing. Come back and telling the people, you know, look what it cost. Look what it cost. And But leaders who are crippled by fear, that's why we don't need that. You know, we need, we need leaders that can just branch out. I mean, there may be times. Um, there probably will be times when leaders tell a church, we need to go this direction, and you're saying, really? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But really, we have to trust in the one that's doing the leading. Because if Israel would have said, you know what? The 10 of you can go, we're gonna stay with Joshua and Caleb. Literally just steps from the promised land. I don't know and, and really it's probably not good to speculate in times like this all we know is the Bible and the way it's written it cost them severely it cost the good ones it's the sad thing about it so Joshua said hereby you shall know the living God is among you and he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites God said it's done, it's over we're through we're through this walking or you've come past this mountain long enough. It's time to go across. Possess the land that I told you from the beginning is yours. This took a long time to get here, but we are going across. So he did this. And Billy Cole had this saying, say what you see until you see what you say. That's very good advice. But we, I mean, it, Say what you see until you see what you say, and do that in prayer. That's very good advice. That's speaking with faith. With faith, I can't see it with these, but I can see it with this. It's going to happen. God promised to be with Joshua just as He was with Moses, and we have we have the same promises. God is going to be with us. He hadn't changed. He's still as strong. And he will be with us just as he was with them. And Joshua, he took and he knew that God was going literally to be with him just as he was with Moses. Where he said, he told, he said, Behold the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth, pass it over before you into Jordan. That's one thing that stood out with me. When you read these verses, he's dealing with Israel. When you look on the map, little old Israel. But he puts this in here. The Lord of all the earth. But he's taking care of little old Israel. I'm not the Lord of only you. I'm the Lord of all the earth that he puts there. And then he's wanting them. God has many promises for his people. Just like Israel on the brink of the Jordan River, God is still sinking still seeking people who will quit wandering and follow his leading. And then he has these precious promises just for us today. He empowers us. He seeks us to challenge and and, and challenge our own self, our own flesh, and, and challenge ourselves to stay with his word and to be with his word. And the Bible says through Paul, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. But one thing for sure, the Bible, the Spirit, will always lead us in agreement according with His word. That's why we said, you know, that's, that's a, good, uh, a good balance, because if someone is trying to lead you in a way that's different than the Bible, you don't have to ask if that's wrong. I mean, the, the leading of the Lord in the Bible is always going to be in agreement. It always is now just as literally before the chill of the water could surround the priest's feet, literally they were standing on dry ground. That is truly unique. And I'm telling you, there's just, you just think sometimes if I could just some way slip into this, there's just, I wish I could tell myself there's gonna be ways I could do that, but there isn't. That's just some things that is just yes or no. But it I'm I remember, and this this is just it's like Brother Toby, I might need to throw out a disclaimer out for this. <laughs> but I don't know if y'all remember um well, I won't call his name. But anyway, this was his theory is that I have always loved time. And so a minister that I had a lot of confidence in um, used to tell me that how time would go both ways. And he, one of his beliefs, I mean, God is God. He can do what he wants to. And one of the things that he said he, that he believed is that when we, Get to heaven. That if you wanted to see something that took place. That we read about in the Old Testament. That you could do it. And I said. That would truly be unique. To see situations that we have read about. To see it literally. But this would be one thing I'd want to see. Is the priest stepping onto the river. And then the water's banking up. I would literally... (laughs) like to see that that would truly truly be unique and here is the leader standing in the middle of the be in the middle of the river when everything that's within us naturally would be saying that's not the place to be you do not need to be there literally you have got the most precious thing on earth and that's the ark of the covenant but god as soon as they made that commitment God did his promise. He He did it. He did it. And so sometimes it just takes that point, as I'll say, of no return. And sometimes we see it necessary. Now, we just passed through Christmas and but. When you read about Christmas, the, it was to the angels. It was to the, uh, other words, it was to the shepherds, excuse me, to the shepherds that the angel was sent and to tell them of what was fixing to happen. And these shepherds that the angel was sent to, the sheep they was watching over was the sheep that was destined for temporal sacrifice is what I've read that they are. That's why the, the, the Bible says of uh, one of the things that where the Lord was wrapped in swaddling clothes, swaddling cloths, but these sheep was ones that they was watching for temple service. So, but what's unique, it was to someone that society looked down on. You're just a lowly shepherd. So the angel was sent to the shepherds so, that, but they was, of this occasion, was the first to know. I ain't talking about Old Testament prophecy. I'm talking about the Lord being here right then. So they was, and truly, it will be God's true shepherds that announce his second coming. So, Christmas, we can say, brought Christ to us. But it was... Because of the Covenant that gave us Calvary, or you could say it like this: the Covenant gave us a cutting. If you look up Covenant, you'll know what I mean. gave us a cutting, but it was Pentecost that put God in us. And so many people want to just celebrate Christmas, but as far as they want to go with it, I don't want to go no farther. They don't want to go and find out, if I can say it like this, the ugly side of what it cost to have a covenant. God made a covenant with Israel. And that covenant literally cost him everything. It cost him a cutting on the cross. But it was Pentecost that put God in us. So with his presence... He is with us. He has made a covenant with us. He gave us his spirit. And when we stand on the brink of something that literally looks impossible, and maybe to our eyes, it is. But we're not walking on our faith, our side. God is the one who holds our hand. And I am so thankful for it. Just remember, at the deepest part at the deepest part of the trial, so to speak, with, with them crossing Jordan, that's where the priest was. And they stayed there till everyone crossed. I want to ask you to stand. Let's pray. God of heaven, we love you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what it means. I ask you today, Lord God, to be with us each and every one. Father, we thank you for your promises. For they are yea and amen. I ask you today to touch us, God. Strengthen us, Lord God, in the Holy Ghost. Touch us, Holy Father. I praise you, God. Thank you for your goodness, Lord God. We praise you. Thank you, God, for all you've done. I praise you for it, God. Touch this day, God. Strengthen us, Lord God, in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.